discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Praise the Lord. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Ask your neighbor, do you love Jesus? You must learn to worship him on your own. The Bible says that we should sing, say singing and making melodies in your heart. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Wow. Say wow. You must learn to worship God on your own. It's so lovely. Sometimes you'll be walking around, a song will just play in your heart. We will run. You may not even know how to sing the song. That is why God has made provision for uh, 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 singing in tongues. You can sing in the spirit. Or you can sing with the spirit. Sometimes you don't know the song or your voice is not so nice. You know you are, you know that your voice is not nice. But God likes it anyway. So you just sing it. Sing that song to the Lord. The Bible says it is to the Lord. It is not to anybody. So it has nothing to do with your brother. Whether whether he likes your voice or not makes no difference. Ephesians chapter 5. Sometimes you want to, people ask questions concerning, how do I know I'm filled with the Spirit? This is what it means to be filled with the Spirit. You see, I, the song started, you were sitting down. You weren't really moved. But as time went on, you realized you were standing. Nobody told you to lift your hands. You just started lifting up your own hands on your own. Some of you were kneeling down. You actually feel the Spirit right now as I'm talking to you. Can't you sense the anointing of God's Spirit in you? That is it. So there's nothing mysterious about it. There's nothing mysterious. There's nothing extra. There's nothing. That is it. You actually feel the power of God right now. And you'll be surprised at what you can do. You'll be surprised at what will happen if you touch someone who's sick. You'll be shocked. This is what it means. It says, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. When someone is drunk with wine, there are some things that you used to know that the person is drunk. How do you know that someone is drunk? The person starts blowing you fuse, isn't it? Fuse, one of the main things is fuse. If the person comes and comes to do gapoha before you, you just realize that something has happened. And then the person's movement starts changing. Like drunken master. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be drunk with the Holy Ghost. That's what he's talking about, because he was talking about wine. It says, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, how do you know someone is filled with the Holy Ghost? How do you know you are filled? Look at the next verse. You see, go back. Go back to verse 18. You see, it's a, it's a semicolon. Do you understand a semicolon? A semicolon means that what follows explains what was just said. So there's nothing mysterious about it. Hallelujah. You can know if you are full of the Spirit. It, it will be one of the most mysterious things if you don't know. You don't know whether you are full of the Spirit or not. You should be able to know. You have to know. God has showed us how to know. 
if you read in, in, in Acts, in Acts chapter 17, for instance, okay, Acts chapter 17, is it Acts chapter 17 or 16? One of them, I think Acts chapter 16. Paul was walking in the streets of a certain city, and there was this lady who was uh, uh, a soothsayer, filled with demons, and she was saying every day, following them for so many days, following them and saying that this. These are the servants of God. The servants of the most high God. They've come with the right message. Listen to them. Even though she was full of demons, she was saying the right thing. So the fact that someone is saying the right thing does not mean that the person is filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you see? And Paul was, Paul was moving in the city and the daily was continuously... Look for it for me. I think it's actually 16, right? Yeah. Every time. She was saying that. From 16. It's nice. Do you like it? And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. She, she brought so much gain by soothsaying. And she was saying the right things. Look at the next verse. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God. Was it true? True. Which show unto us the way of salvation. She was even aiding in the message. But she was filled with demons. It's an amazing thing. Look at the next verse, verse 18. And this did she many days, but Paul being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of it. And he came out of the, of the, out of the same, and he came out the same hour. The demon just came out. Now, why didn't Paul deal with it all those days? He didn't deal with it all those days because he, didn't, he wasn't so sure what was going on. He needed to wait for some time. But the Spirit of God gave him information that this particular demon is a very wild demon. You know, there are demons that... The wild demons are not the, the witches and the wizards that you know in your family. Those ones are not the wild ones. They are wild ones who hide. Their symptoms are so close to the things of God that you may not be able to tell. Ken Hagen went for a meeting one day, and the first day the, the prophet ministered with the Holy Spirit. The second day he ministered with the familiar spirit. The third day he ministered with the Holy Spirit. The fourth day he ministered with the familiar spirit. The fifth day he ministered with the familiar spirit. How do you tell? If you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, you will not be able to see what is going on. There's a statement that is made in the Bible a lot. And Peter being filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 6, you see one there. He, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He just knew that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. There are symptoms, there are signs. And he shows us in that place in Ephesians chapter 5. Okay, verse 18. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be what? Failed. The word there is actually be being failed. It's a continual infilling, meaning that you can have it every single moment, every single day of your life. Then he says, speaking to yourself. So this is how to be filled with the Spirit. Or this, these are the symptoms that show that you are full of the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves. Now, that does not mean speaking to one another. That means speaking to your, you, talking to you, and me talking to me. So it has nothing to do with the other brother. There's another place where he talks about you talking to one another. That's in Colossians 3, 16. Hallelujah. This one, he says, speaking to yourselves. Say speaking to yourselves. So I'm talking to me, and you are talking to you. Do you understand? Speaking to yourselves in sounds and hymns. So sometimes you'll be there and a hymn just starts bubbling in your, in your spirit. Lord, and crowning, Lord, 
All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. He has the royal diadem. For he is Lord of Lords. He has the royal diadem. For he is, he is Lord. Now you are singing to yourself. I'm not singing to you. So I can I can do my ad libbing as much as I want to. It's not part of your business. Hallelujah. Yeah, you can do. Uh, it's up to you. It's allowed. God likes such things. He wants to hear your voice. So you actually feel the spirit. You, 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 sometimes you don't know. So Christians, have I, have I, have I ever been filled with the spirit? You have been filled with but you didn't know. Because you were not told. I'm telling you now. Singing and making, he says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Kuna ampilele, ragazula abala ashilele gozamamane, valo ojia sastoni babalo. No, you don't need instruments. It just starts bubbling. Haven't you realized sometimes you are there and then tongues are just coming out of you? You don't, it's not that you want to speak in tongues. It just starts coming. It just, it just comes out. Have you ever experienced it before? It's a lovely experience. It's actually a sign of the infilling of the spirit. Sometimes even in your sleep. Yeah, I've woken up speaking in the Mona Afalke Shisti. Pula Ade is. I was wondering what was going on. <laughs> Hallelujah. And when you're filled with the Spirit, you're filled with the... To be filled with the Spirit means to be filled with the power of God. That's what it means. Okay? The infilling of the Spirit is the infilling of the power or the rejuvenation of the power of God that is resident in you. Hallelujah. You shall be endued with power after that you have received the Holy Ghost. That's what has happened. Now you, there's power inside. So the overflow of the power is the infilling of the Spirit. And your business can work. <laughs> you get an idea that you never thought of. Ideas are born from the womb of the Spirit. Ideas are born from the womb of the Spirit. How did Israel overcome its enemies? Ideas. God gives them ideas. Look at Gideon, for instance. God gave him an idea. And out of the idea, he magnifies the idea. Do you see? So what God, when, when someone says God has spoken to me, he's talking about the fact that God has given him an idea. God has given him a strategy, a concept. Robert wrote a very big book about that. Ideas, strategies, and concepts from the Spirit. He shows you what to do. And when you start doing it, you'll be surprised at how it will work. Yeah. It's good for your business. Don't think that these things, there are no portions of the Bible reserved for preachers. There's nothing like for preachers only in the Bible. You know, as you turn the pages, you get to a point for preachers only. Oh, oh, oh this one is <laughs> for those people. And then you focus on another side. There's nothing like that. Abraham was a businessman, isn't it? Isaac was a business. All those we call our fathers were business people who loved God and were also called prophets. So you can be a prophet and be a businessman. Sharp. So don't reserve spiritual things for, like speaking in tongues is for pastors. Speaking in tongues is for evangelists. Speaking in tongues is for the leaders in the church. No, it is for you. Mina afola askisi manono shalada. Nunda askisi paluga shidele gara. It's not for some people. It's for everybody. The Bible says do not forbid speaking in tongues. So don't say, oh, is this, these things is for some. No, it's for you. It is for your benefit. It is to help you become smart. I've been saying it. And under normal circumstances, I'm not smart. 
in my old man, my old nature, I'm not smart at all. I'm one of the worst guys in the world. I know it. If I'm smart, it's because of the Holy Spirit. If I can get something to say, you see, you always come to come and listen to me. There are so many people, there are so many people in the church. So many people, when I go, if I go to a car, there are so many people that they all want to listen to me. Why? Under normal circumstances, I'm a dumb guy. But under the Holy Spirit, I'm a very smart guy. Full of wisdom. Because I, as I speak in tongues, wisdom is made bare for me to use. He's a spirit of wisdom. So I can, I can become a sage by virtue of his brooding upon my life. Yeah, I can become a sage. Do you know a sage? A sage is a wise one. The Bible says that the sons of Issachar were those were, they were, they were so wise that they had insight into the times and the seasons of God. Ahitophel was so wise that when he speaks, it was as though God had given a counsel. That's how smart and wise God can make you. You receive an idea, when you put the idea to work, it just starts working. And people don't understand what's going on. Yeah. The infilling of the Holy Spirit. So important. Don't ignore it, okay? But don't ignore it. As you minister to it, it's one of the quickest ways to be filled with the Spirit. Minister, learn to minister to the Holy Spirit. Learn to minister to the Lord. In Acts chapter 13, from verse 1, the Bible says that there were certain prophets and uh, teachers in the church in Antioch who gathered and they were ministering to the Lord. And fa- they were fasting and ministering to the Lord. They were just thanking God, worshiping God. They were just singing songs to the Lord, ministering to the Lord. Not with their problems in mind. They were just talking to God. And as they did that, the Holy Spirit spoke to them and showed them what to do. And what the Holy Spirit said, they began the ministry that we all appreciate today. The ministry that Paul and Barnabas and later on Silas accomplished. They preached the whole of Europe through one meeting. Eh? They received an idea from the Spirit. It is time to go. Go. And that was it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. See, I'll be filled with the Spirit. I will not allow myself to just walk around just like that. Yeah, so by the time you come out of your room every single morning, you are filled. You are, you, are, you are filled with wisdom. You know what to do per time. You know who to talk to. You know what. You just know. And you can't explain why you know. You just know. It's an exciting place to be. Hallelujah. Yeah, so minister to the, as you minister to the Lord, you are filled. The sign that you are filled is actually you're ministering to the Lord. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and in hymns and spiritual songs. See, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Have you seen it? Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So singing is actually a very, 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 very important part of the infilling of the Holy A sign, a great sign that you have failed. Singing. Hallelujah. You'll be shocked. A lot of things will start happening around you. Instead of bitterness, you are singing glorious songs. Instead of allowing bitterness to dwell in your heart because of some problems that you are going through, you just find yourself singing. For you are glorious and worthy to be praised, the Lamb upon the throne. And you reign in righteousness forever over all you know, And the Spirit of God starts using it to get you to think about certain things. He reigns in righteousness forever. I reign with him in righteousness forever. You just start thinking. It just, just pushes you to various places. Hallelujah. 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 Well, someone needed that. That's not what I'm supposed to talk about today. So, hallelujah. We've been talking about what? 
What have we been talking about? The spirit of prophecy and the word of prophecy, isn't it? The last time I, sh- I met you on a Sunday like this, I spoke about making Christ first, isn't it? Do you remember? How many of you remember? Ask anybody, is Christ first in your life? Ask anybody, how has it been going since you made Christ first in your life? How has it been? I want answers. Ask him, how, how has it been? Since you started doing your Christ, I realized you are becoming correct. Like, like you're becoming correct more and more. Ask, oh, ask anybody, you realize that like your life is changing. You're becoming better. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Make him first. He's first in all things. He must be first. Because he's first in all, he must have the preeminence. If you put him ahead of your, your job, you'll be surprised. I just spoke about him giving you wisdom. The Holy Spirit is not different from Jesus. The Holy Spirit is Jesus. Jesus is the Holy Spirit. Jesus called the Holy Spirit another comforter. One who looks just like me, talks like me, walks like me, does everything like me because he's me. The Holy Spirit responds to the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is not a name. It's like saying holy air. So he responds to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. You know, so make him first. Tell me about make him first. Make him first. Don't be ashamed of him. Hallelujah. I don't mix the Wednesday meetings uh, uh, message with the Sunday meetings message. If you are not coming for Wednesday services, you are not hearing some things. Hallelujah. It's very powerful. It's called them that love his appearing service. It's another thing altogether. You do love the appearing of the Lord. You must be in those services. Hallelujah. So I started looking at how Adam... We're talking about the spirit of prophecy. How the word of God, every single thing in the word of God speaks concerning Jesus. Because he is the body. We use Colossians chapter 2 verse 16 and verse 17. Look at it. Colossians chapter 2. There is none. Holy. There are a lot of songs going on in my heart. I like it. (laughs) It says, let no man therefore judge you in what? In meat, in food. Don't let anyone judge you concerning what you should eat. Some people say, Don't, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't eat snails. Brother, eat the snails. Some people say, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't eat pork. That's the nicest meat. It's like, it's the nicest meat on my line. It's nicest, one of the nicest meats around. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you're a Christian, they say you shouldn't eat what? Cats. But I don't know why you eat your cat anyway, but it's powerful. It's some people's delicacy, so it's, it's one we, we don't, we don't, I guess it's nicer than chicken. Yeah. Some people also eat snakes. Do you know some people eat snakes? Yeah. There was a, there was a, there was a, a snake that was caught in Bishop Doug's missionary school. Very big snake with horns. When he came, they had roasted it as kebab, and were, some people were chewing it. Some people from, I think from other South Africa, one of those countries. They were chewing their snake. Nice. It was very nice, apparently. Hey. Your, your, your food does not qualify you for God or disqualify you for to, Meat does not what destroy the work of God. So don't want to get into food matters. Do you understand? The body is what? is Christ. In Romans chapter, chapter 10, Verse 14. Look at Romans chapter 10. No, Romans chapter 14, verse 10, rather. Romans 14, 10. That would be, that would be better. He says, but why dost thou judge thy brother? Why dost thou set that not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Go to the place where it says that, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. 
verse 17. Go to verse 17. I don't want us to read too much. It says, for the kingdom of God is not what? Are you seeing what the kingdom of God is not? It says, the kingdom of God is not, is it's not meat. It's not food. Yeah. So it says, the kingdom of God is not what? It's not meat and it is not drink. Hallelujah. Someone is saying, so if, if I booze, <laughs> it's not a problem. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about the rituals that the Jews were going through because the Jews had to do sacrifices with drinks, sacrifices with food, sacrifices with so many things. He says, it is not that. But the kingdom of God is righteousness. The foundation of the kingdom of God is righteousness. And it is peace. Anything that someone says that does not bring peace is not from God. If what the person, if a preacher is preaching, you don't have peace in your heart. There's something wrong. If what I'm saying is not right, your spirit will not allow it to enter. Your spirit man will be fighting it. No, this, you're not supposed to be hearing this. You know? But if it's right, you realize it's making you happy. It will produce joy in your spirit. Hallelujah. So it's like the, the kingdom of God is not that. It's not meat. It's not drink. So it says, let no man judge you when it comes to meat, when it comes to an holy day, the new moon, eh? the Sabbath days. Says, none of the, these are the, this, this, deck, this, is, this verse encapsulates all of the Old Testament. This verse. Because the whole of the Old Testament is full of meat, drink, Sabbath days, holy days, the new moon. This is what the Jews were supposed to celebrate and keep. We are not Jews. We have been made Christians. We are now, we have new life in Christ. Hallelujah. I've got the new life in Christ. A new life. <laughs> and we are now new creations. And because we are new creations, we are found in Christ. And Christ says, Christ is the body. Go to the next verse, verse 17. Which are a shadow. All of those things were a shadow of the things that were to come. But the body, the reality, the reality is what? Of Christ. So everything in the Bible speaks concerning Christ. If whatever I'm sharing with you does not reveal Christ some more to you, I'm not doing much. I see it. Yeah, the Bible says that a good scribe takes from the old and the new. And gives it to his people. So all the old represents Christ. And that's what I'm trying to do. To show you the spirit of prophecy in the Old Testament. Okay? And I wanted to show you with respect to the characters in the Old Testament. And I picked Adam. Do you remember? Adam was the first person I picked. And he's still the one I'm talking about. The, fact that the first point I raised was that Adam was the first of men. He was the first in the place of all of men. But actually, Adam is a type of Christ. Adam is not... Adam... It's powerful, but Adam is a type. So Adam, Adam's life and personality actually speaks concerning Christ. Whoever Adam was is actually who, who Christ was, because Adam was a type of Christ. You see, I've shared this already, and I use the Romans chapter five, verse fourteen. There's a scripture in Romans chapter five, verse fourteen that I used before I went into the, the part that Adam looks like Christ. Okay. Romans 5, 46. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. Then it says, Adam is the figure of him that was to come. Adam was a type. The word figure means a type of him that was to come. Who is he that was to come? Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So when you are reading about Adam and Adam's, how Adam is first, think about Jesus. So we started thinking about Jesus. So we came to the fact that Christ is the first in all things. And we use Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, isn't it? Look at Colossians 1, 15. Do you like my message? He's talking about Jesus now. He says, Christ is the what? Image of the invisible God. Then he calls him the firstborn of every creature. Look at the next verse. 
He's the firstborn of every... He's the first. He's actually the first. Adam is not the first. Jesus is the first of all things. So when you talk about Adam being the first of men, we're actually talking about Christ being the first of all things. Are you saying it? For by him... Say by him. By him. I like this. It's for by him were all things created. By Jesus were all things created. That are in heaven and that are in earth. Visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. He's the first. Say he's the first. So whether you would make him first or not, he's the first. God has made him first. It says, for by him all things were created. Everything was created. If you want creation to respond to you, what do you have to do? Put him first. Let him have the first place in your life. If you, it says, for by, for by him were all things created. All things were created by him. Money was created by him. Cars were created by him. The lands were created by him. Trees were created by him. Women were created by him. Men were created by him. Everything was created by him. So you can't be looking for a guy and not want to do it. Put, it, put Christ first. In your search for a guy, you make the biggest mistake in your life because you are not putting him first. And that's what I majored on. Do you see? It says, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth. Visible and invisible. So there are visible things and invisible things that respond to him. It says, whether they are thrones or dominions or principalities. Or, I'm, not afraid, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid of a lot of things at all. I, 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 I don't have fear. I've grown not to have fear. There was a day we were driving. I was driving. We were going for a meeting in the eastern region. Driving, 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 driving. I just turned to go and do something. The guy behind me came with a scary He came to hit my side. I didn't go into shock. I got down. Ah, what, what happened? What is going on? I'm not, I'm not dying now. Even if my car was 17 times, I'll come out quietly. And I'll say, what, what meaneth this? There was a man of God. He's passed on. He was in Takrade. Very powerful, full of faith. He had an accident. His car became like a piece of, a piece of paper. It was just crumpled. Every, everything was just gone. Can you imagine he walked out of the car? On scath, there was no, there was no scratch on him. He came out, out like that. It's like, wow, this is very serious. Bishop Dak had an accident. The, their car rolled like seven times. They came out, they said, hey. He said, I would have been surprised. One of the guys said, I would have been surprised if I had that today. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. If you put Christ first, there's no need for fear. He says all things, whether visible or invisible, dominions. Do you know dominions? I nearly said only dominions. Do you know, do you know dominions? There are principalities in every area. Every area has its own kind of demons that function there. There are some areas, everybody, every guy that's a humanizer. Have you seen that before? Yeah. As you are walking to the area, everybody's a humanizer. Hey, there are areas where everybody's a drunkard. Have you seen that before? There are families where every, you can't marry one person. You can't. You complain about your father, but you, when you marry, you'll be surprised that you also, you have five children somewhere else. You will complain about your father and say, your father did not take care of you. Well, he had five, 17 children, you were number 16, and he wasn't really taking care of you. You'll be surprised that the same spirit, it's called the spirit of your, your, your father. Hey! You'll be surprised that the same thing is working around you. You'll be shocked. What you didn't plan for will happen. There are dominions, there are principalities in areas, in governments, in every single thing, every single place you can think about. But it says all those things were created by Christ and for Christ. They weren't created as evil, they became evil. So if you make him first, none of those things can come your way. 
If they come here, they'll just fall because you'll see the first. The first person in your life. Are you saying it? Yeah. Or palace. All things were created by him, and all things mean all things. He says all things were created by him and for him. In other words, they all respond to him. When you mention his name, in the name of Jesus, bow down. He says all knee must bow. All tongue must confess. Make him first. Tell him about make him first. Tell him about it's in your own interest. To make him first. In every single thing you do. Hallelujah. Look at the next thing, verse 17. It's so nice. And he is before all things. He is before all things. Hey, he is before all things. He is, whether you like it or not, he's before all things. So make him before all things in your life. He is before all things. And by him, all things consist. Now, that word, let's, let's read. I don't know if message will do. Let's read message and see. Verse 17. He was there before any of it came into existence. And holds it all together right up to this moment. He holds everything together. Without him, nothing can hold together. Your marriage will not hold together without him. Your academics will not hold together without him. Your business will not hold together. It is in your own interest. Put him aside and you are in trouble. Amplified. Yeah. And he himself, this is nicer. And he himself existed before all things. And in him all things consist. Then he begins to explain what consists mean. They co here, they, they are bonded and kept together by him. Have you seen it? And are held together. So what can you hold together without him? You see the mistake people are making? Yeah. You are born again, but you don't, practically speaking, you don't make him first, you don't make him first in your life. What we say, tight, give you a fight. What is all this that these people, they want us to give time, 10% of our money? We don't like those things. Some people have started preaching against tithe. How is a sin to give tithe? Because they don't want to put him first along that line. Yes, yeah, someone has preached long message. Tithe is a sin. You like to be a sinner along that line, eh? <laughs> yeah. When someone else is preaching for hours concerning tithe and how powerful tithe is, and how if you don't give your tithe, you are cursed and all that, another person sits up and saying that no, it's a sin. Which one do you want to be? Put him first. Tell me about put him first. He says, when you get your money, give me the tenth. Put me first by giving me a tenth of what you have. And watch and see what I'll do with the ninety that you have. If you are not the fighting kind of person there, your life will be tight every single time. Whatever you receive came from God. God is saying, give me ten percent of it. And you say, no, I, don't, I won't give you. I'll eat all the hundred. Well, the hundred automatically tends to become ten. So you actually eat 10 and God takes the 90. So if you realize you, you, do you know how much tray? Oh, in Fibu, you are, you are tight, like you are pressed. <laughs> but when you release the 10, you'll be surprised at the 90. You will see what you do with the 90. Have you ever received money and you didn't know what you did with it? Do you know you've had a lot of money in your life? You were a millionaire, actually. If you should check the money that has come into your life for the last five years, you'll be shocked. That you were a millionaire, you were a millionaire. But you don't remember where the money has gone to. It's not sure there's nothing that is. Yeah. You don't know where the money has, you don't know whether you use it to buy food, whether you use it to buy clothing, you don't know what you did with it. But when you start giving your fight, eh, you'll be shocked that you start seeing what the 90% is. You realize that, okay, I use the money to do this. Something significant. It's an amazing thing. So by him, all things here and are held together. Other version says all things exist, persist, and consist by him. 
So do it without them and you'll be shocked. Jesus himself said, he said, for without me you can do nothing. He was not lying. He was telling the truth. If you're a Christian, you're a child of God. You are now linked to him. Make him first in every single thing. Pray before you eat. Some people don't like praying before they eat. When they receive the food now. That's when they remember that they are Roman. They went to Roman Catholic some time ago. As long as they get the food now. Someone close, someone has written his prayer for food behind his door. So when he, the food comes, he just shut the door. Bam! God is behind the door. And he starts eating. No, pray, pray over your food. In restaurants, pray over your food. What was wrong with that? Pray over your food. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this meal. He says we can receive all things because it is sanctified by prayer and by the word. You, you've not been praying. So the food is not, you can be poisoned very easily. Yeah, but as you do that, you are putting him first in all things. I'm talking about practically putting Jesus first on every sphere of your life. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, you are going to grab and you are talking to God about it. Father, show me which one to grab. Which one? Which one? Which one? He will help you make a good choice. But if you are using your mind, Father, the botos is too much. It's too much. Hey, the bottoms are too much, Lord. I like this one. My father, hold on. My father like bottoms. I also like bottoms. It's a family thing. Like father, like son. Don't <laughs> but change, change, change your strategy. Haven't you realized it's not working? It's not working. Change your strategy. Put him first. Okay? Put him, put him first in your money. Put him first in your relationships. Put him first in your marriage. Put him first in your business. Yeah. Contact him before you make decisions. Yeah, what do you think about this? Let him assist you. you that, is the, that is the key to real success. Do you understand? Yeah. Put him first. How do you put him first? His word. He is his word. Jesus said, I am the word of God. Tabernacle in flesh. So the word of God is first. If you put the word of God first, you are putting him first. Do you understand? That's the practical side. Okay? You don't just make decisions. You don't just do, you don't just do things. You contact him. What, do you, what does your word say about this? What do you see? Find out. What do you say about this? What do you want me to do with my life? You are putting him first. And you'll be shocked that everything will be going smoothly. That's the way to go. Okay? So that's the first, that's the first point. How Adam looks like Christ. Adam is the first. Christ is actually the first, isn't it? Now, number two. I think I've preached about this one for a long time. Let's go on to it. I guess I will not go on, isn't it? Number two. Adam was a corporate man. <laughs> I'm not talking about someone who works in the corporate world. Okay? Adam was a what? A corporate man or a collective entity. Adam was a corporate man or a collective entity. Christ is a collective man or, sorry, a corporate man or a collective entity. Do you understand that? I said Adam is what? Adam was a corporate man or a collective entity. Collective. C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V-E. Collective entity. E-N-T-I-T-Y. 
Okay? Christ, actually, Adam's collectivity is actually Christ, speaks of Christ's collectivity. It's a very, very powerful point I'm raising now. And I'm praying that I, I'm able to exhaust it before we finish. Hallelujah. So let's look at Adam's own. In, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, we see something about Adam. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. I, I, like, I like it. I want to point some things out to you over there, okay? Can I do that? And the Lord God said, it is not good. Say it is not good. Turn to, your neighbor, turn to the closest guy who is not married that it is not good. That you should be alone. It is not good. You are 30, you are not married. Listen, your children would, your, your, when you are, that what it means is that you may, you may have a child when you are 32. Do you get it? Or 35. When you are 60, your children will be in GSS. When you go and visit them in secondary school, someone will come and come and call her, your, your child and say that your grandmother has come to the school. Hey! And you'll be offended. <laughs> Tell anybody, it's not good. It's not good. Give, marry quickly so I can give birth early and then grow up with your children. It's not difficult to marry. If you see me, I'll let you marry tomorrow morning right now. All these. You don't, you don't have to, like, expect, ring, ring alone is 5,000 Ghana cities. Ring alone is, you can just use ropes to just tie, you just tie ropes. You like my message, like you don't like what I'm saying. I'm showing you how to marry very easily, you don't like. We can just, who, who said, where, where are rings, hold on, where are rings in the Bible? Are there rings in the Bible? It's not in the Bible. It's, not in the, it's reception that is in the Bible. That's what reception is in the Bible. But there are no rings in the Bible. Hallelujah. You don't have money for rings. We can use copper. Copper. We just buy copper. Fine. After a while, when you get money, you buy your expensive whatever and wear it. What is your problem? It is not good. Eh? God Himself said it is not good. Tell everybody it is not good. Yeah. You can come for counseling after the service. Okay. You can come. <laughs> it is not good that the man should be alone. The word alone means to be all one. So Adam was all one. We were all seminally in Adam. All of us were in Adam's loins. Adam was, you see, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Look at, look at what God said, Genesis 1, 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have you seen it meaning that he was not talking about one person he was talking about a lot of all of us all of creation all of men were in adam so adam was a corporate man he was a collective entity he was not just one person that is why his sin affected all of those who come after him adam was a place not just a person he was a place he was an entity he was a corporate person there were so many people inside adam are you seeing it? Huh. That is why when God was looking for Eve, he didn't create another Eve. Because Eve had been created the day Adam was created. All of us were created the same day. All of us were created the same day. We were born at different times or different days. If you are 20, you were born 20 years ago. But it doesn't mean that you were created 20 years ago. Like 20 years ago, God sat down. Michael, <laughs> I'm thinking I should give Mr. and Mrs. Osei a child. Let his nose look like Mr. Osei. So they do nose. Let his head look like Mrs. Osei. Let his teeth look like his grandfather's teeth. There's nothing like that. We were all created on the same. The same day God created 
Adam. Okay, he says, let them have dominion over, over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cats, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27. So, God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Then he says, male and female created he them. So Adam had male and female. Oh, I'm not saying Adam had the genital of a man and a genital of a woman at the same time. <laughs> Someone read that and starts, you know, it's like Adam was bisexual. Oh, you'll be surprised at what people, people do with the scriptures. Everybody wants to find his point. Do you understand? He has, he has, he wants to go in a certain way. He wants to be bisexual, so he uses, he, he needs support. So he goes to the scriptures. Male and female created he them. Kai, that's it. So he has a scripture and he builds a whole doctrine around it. That's wrong. That's not what he's saying. Did you, did you see? And Adam had uh, male genitals and female genitals. And he created them. Is that what the Bible said? Even if you change the version, it will still not say that. Okay? What you need to do is not let your, your, the word of God fall in line with your experiences. The word of God is not supposed to fall in line with your experiences. Your experiences are supposed to fall in line with the word of God. Your experience must align with the word of God, not the other way around. So you don't, because you have experienced something, now you want the word of God to fall in line with your experience. And you start building a, a theology along that line. You are going to be in trouble. You are, you are destroying your life gradually. You don't know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's very important. So don't get into those things. This male and female created in them. Okay? Look at Genesis chapter 5, verse 1. Genesis chapter 5, verse 1. It also talks about that. So Adam is a corporate man. See, Adam was a corporate man. He was, a, he was an entity, a corporate entity. He was, he was, he was a, he's a place. We were in him. We were all in him. You see? So even children let us know that there's something wrong with them. Yeah, my son is, he will just be a year next, I think this Thursday. He will just be one year this Thursday. When he's doing something, like he's taking maybe CDs. There are so many preaching CDs I have. He's spoiling every one of them. You take one. He's just doing something with it. He's breaking something. And you say, hey, stop it. He will look at you like this. And give you a killer smile. <laughs> and continue. As though you didn't say anything. He will just, and when he sees you coming, he will do it harder. He's not yet one, but he knows like there's something inside that propels him to do wrong. Do you understand? Yeah. Uh-huh. He needs to be born again. Yeah. <laughs> he says, this is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam. So Adam, you see, Adam is a name. It's a title for a lot. So if, if you are not born again, you are Kofi Adam. Somebody, everybody's Adam something. Yes. Hallelujah. And the sin that indwelt Adam is indwelling you if you are not a child of God, if you are not born again. We are not all children of God. Some people say that we are all children. It's not true. God knows his own. If you, are, if you have received the son, believe in the son as, as your Lord and person, then you are his child. There are three groups of people in the world. There were three groups before. There were Jews, there were Gentiles, there were two before. Jews, Gentiles, then God brought Jesus, Jesus came to die, now there are three in the world. Jews, Gentiles, and then Christians. Are you seeing it? Mm-hmm. So, that is why the Bible says that because of Adam's transgressions, all men are made sinners after Adam's transgression. Even though we didn't, when there, when Adam did what he did. You know, sometimes people say that, ah, 
Adam power. When I meet him in heaven, I will really question him. Because of Adam, look at all the things that has happened in this world. He will see what I will do to him. Brother, if you were the one there, if God had brought you first, you wouldn't have eaten the apple. It's not an apple, brothers and sisters. It's actually not an apple. Do you know it's not an apple? We've always said Adam's apple. Adam, it's not apple, actually. The Bible didn't say it was an apple. He didn't mention what tree it was. He called it the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and called the fruit the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. So it wasn't an apple. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Why do you want to read me into things? Someone has also preached about it. It was apple. Apple is evil. Eat your apples. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's an unfortunate thing. Oh. Is it not serious? Yeah. You wouldn't have eaten only the fruits. You'd have eaten the branches. The leaves. The stem. You cook the tree. You cook the tree and use it for adonkobites. You'd have done worse. Do you believe what I'm saying? Oh, you'd have done worse. So don't blame him. Okay, what he did, we, we all did corporately. All those who, it was a corporate agreement. It wasn't only him. All of us in him were crying, eat it, eat it. And he ate it. Hallelujah. And when he ate, the Bible says that as in Adam, all died. All died. All died. Everyone was condemned. Okay? We are so children. I mean, they just, you know, they just, nobody teaches them how to say, Kwasia or Abua or any of those things. I mean, as you are growing up, they are just saying it. They just, they hear it and they just start saying it. There are other good things that they hear, but they don't say those things. They just say the bad ones. It's like they are autom- automatically tuned to bad. They need Jesus to be tuned back to something correct. Hallelujah. Yeah, so Adam's corporateness also speaks of Christ's corporateness. Okay? Christ is also a corporate entity. Hallelujah. And I want us to examine that. Okay? So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I have so many things to share about this particular thing. Okay, go to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. First of all, read it to me, then we'll go to 1 Corinthians, okay? 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. You know the scripture, don't you? Okay, so read it to me. One, two, go. Hallelujah. Therefore, if any man be in Christ. Are you in Christ? We were in Adam before. But by virtue of Christ's work, we are translated from Adam and put into Christ. So we're existent in a certain man called Adam. First Corinthians chapter 15. Let's read verse 22. Let's read from verse 21 so that it makes more sense. Okay? For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Which man is the first one? So there are two. I preached a message. Uh, what is it? The two men and the two acts. The two men are the first Adam and then the sec, The first man and then the second man. Okay. Huh. Hallelujah. Yeah. I want to try and make it simple for you, not complicated. Okay. When Adam showed up. He disobeyed God. God told him, don't partake of this particular tree. And he did. He ate it. Disobeyed God. 
and by disobeying God, he plunged all of humanity into trouble. Now, Jesus came. Jesus was not born after. He was, it was not a man's sperm that fertilized the egg of Mary. It was the Holy Spirit. I, it's something that beats your mind. You can't understand. There are things you shouldn't try to understand. Like, what, what was the biology involved? How did God do it? How did, how did God, God can do anything. God took, God took a whole full human being out of someone's ribs. So what are you talking about? Like, as though God is like, you think you are, you are limiting God to your mind. Like, how did God do it? Did God have sex with Mary? Then God was a very unfaithful guy. Yeah, someone, a Muslim asked someone, like that, a prophet, that question. He asked him, was, was, not, was Mary not betrothed to Joseph? He said, yes. So God committed adultery and slept with Mary. What, can, what, what do you have to say? The prophet didn't know what to say. They were sitting in a plane. Professor started speaking in terms. Spoke in tongues for about 20 minutes. Not knowing he was speaking in tongues in the guy's language. When he spoke in tongues for about five minutes, the guy started crying. <laughs> then he, he looked at him. He wasn't so, but he just continued. He was empowered some more, just speaking. When he finished, he said, Amen, Amen. The guy said, I'll give my life to Christ. I'll give my life to Christ. No, no, he was talking about his life. All that had happened from the day he was born to the day what he was going to do where he was going to. He gave his life to Christ and became that prophet's number one sponsor. Yeah, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was from Dubai, so he, he has money. Millions. So he, he has so much money, he doesn't know what to do with it. So when they ask you a difficult question, just speak in tongues, okay? You never know what the Spirit of God will do. Yeah, so he says, listen, I mean, don't, don't, don't ask some questions. Jesus was not born by the sperm of man. He was conceived by the glory of the Father. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 1, uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 28. 26, 28 mentions it. Look at Matthew 1, 26. You like my message? Yeah. I'm coming. Don't worry. I'm, I'm just warming up. Small, small. Verse what? 18, rather. Matthew 1, 18. What does it say? Read it to me. One to go. What's up on this wise? When? To Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost was responsible for it. The angel said that in Luke chapter 1, the angel mentioned it, that the spirit of the Most High shall overshadow you. And the holy thing that shall be conceived of you shall be called the Son of God. So Jesus was not produced by the sperm of man. That is why he had, he had a different composition altogether. He had the body of a man, but his content was not the content of a man. His content was the content of God. Just like Adam was. Adam's content okay, and Christ's content were similar. Hallelujah, before Adam's fall. Now, Adam was oblivious of sin. And he had an option of, of partaking of the fruit rather than partaking of the tree of life rather than partaking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he chose the tree of... He, Adam knew. Do you know Adam was not deceived? Hey, Adam knew exactly what he was doing. Adam knew what was going to happen. He knew that you would be in trouble. He knew that people would be dying. He knew that sickness would come into the world. He knew that floods would be coming. He knew... Isis will come. He saw everything. Adam, oh, Adam was not an ordinary person. Adam was not limited by his senses. Okay? Adam had a brain bigger than the size of any computer that has been manufactured in our day and will ever be manufactured. Adam named all the animals and did not name anyone twice. Like, give, give names. Is, I thought I had named you before. 
You are lion. Then after some time, someone, you are, you are lion. No, he had a good memory to the extent that he could name all, compartmentalize all of them without naming one twice. No. And he was able to go under the, under the sea to name the fishes in the sea. Adam could exist under the sea without any problem, without needing oxygen max. What was oxygen, oxygen max? Adam knew about the planets and the universes and all those things. He could fly. Adam was unlimitable. He was unlimited. Adam was not subject to only the, 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 the things concerning Adam. If I start talking about it, you run away. Adam was a very wild guy. He was more than a superman. He, because he could enter hell. God gave him a... Let me show you one of the assignments God gave Adam. Can I show it to you? Go to Genesis chapter 2. It's a very, very serious thing. So Adam denied us of a very, very wild thing. All because of... We don't know. We don't know. All because of what love. What he did was not love. What he did was not that he was he was selfish. What Jesus did was love. Jesus gave his life. Jesus said, Greater love has no man than this than that a man should lay down his life for his friends. He came to see his friends in trouble and he died for his friends. Adam did not die for Eve. Adam decided that, listen, you are gone. Okay, let's go with you. When Eve took that, that fruit, nothing happened. Everything was fine. It was not dependent on Eve because the instruction did not come, come to Eve. It was dependent on Adam. Now, he was the one the instruction came to. First Moses 2.14 says it categorically. It says, and Eve was not deceived, but Adam. And Adam was not deceived, but Eve being deceived was in the transgression. First Moses 2.14 it says, and Adam was not deceived. Have you seen it? Have you, seen? you see, all those guys who have been complaining about the ladies, that women are the problem of the, of the, of the world. Pastor, I say, also, as for women, before women came, everything was fine. When women came, nah, Adam, oh, women, women, <laughs> women. Brother, you should be complaining about yourself. Adam was the head. When you marry, the day you marry, you are made the head of the, of the wife. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, verse 2, and verse 3. Says it. Let, me, let me show you. First Corinthians 11, 1, 2, and 3. Can I, can I preach to you? Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Verse 2. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things, and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. Verse 3. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. And the head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. The head of what? The woman is the man. The day we marry, if we marry, if I marry you, I'm your head. I'm her head. Why? Where's your sense of seeing? Where? Where's your sense of seeing? Where's your sense of smell? Where's your sense of hearing? Where's your sense of taste? Where's your sense of touch? <laughs> I got, I got you over there, isn't it? It's everywhere, isn't it? It's in your head as in your body. The wife is described as a body. The man is described as a head. The man has the sense of seeing. He's, you are to see visions concerning her life. You are to see what, what is supposed to happen. You are to see everything. You are to hear concerning the family and the wife. You are to speak on her behalf. Adam's problem was that he allowed the woman to speak instead of speaking because he was there with her. Adam was there. Do you know Adam was there with her? He was standing right there with Eve. And Eve was talking to the, to the serpent and he was there. Adam was not in the farm and Eve was in the house cooking. Like the way they were showing, like Adam was, Eve was cooking. 
not both James, and it was just fanning the fire, flames like that. Then the serpent came. There was nothing like that. The Bible says that Adam took of the, tr- of the fruit, Eve took of the tr- fruit, ate it, and gave it to Adam, who was with her. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, is there. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and, tree, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat it, and gave also unto her husband with her. He didn't say anything, and he did eat it. He did eat, he just, mumu, ole mumu, just took it, and just ate it. But he knew exactly what was. He was not deceived. He was conscious of God. He knew who the devil was. He knew every. He knew the replication. He knew what darkness meant. He knew everything. But decided that all the guys are quiet. Like you are quiet. Like you are not in Adam. You are in Christ. So be happy. Hallelujah. Because in Christ, Christ didn't die for selfish reasons. Christ died for love. So you are in Christ. You are after him. So you die for love. Hallelujah. Yeah, so be happy. Don't be sad. I'm just trying to let you know the point so that you don't you stop saying some things. Do you understand? Yeah. He just gave and then he knew that there was. He knew. You see, let me show you. I said I wanted to show you something about him, isn't it? In Genesis chapter 2. Verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And, the ma- and man became a living soul. Have you seen it? And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, blah, 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 blah. Have you seen verse 9? Are you seeing it? Okay, so God, God is talking plenty. He did so many things. Verse 15, go to verse 15. After he had created him, look how God, said, God did. Verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden. To what? to dress it. That's the only portion we know about. We know that he was supposed to keep the garden. He was supposed to sorry, dress the garden like plants, trees and all that because even though God had created things he had not yet showed up. So Adam was the one planting things and all that. Hallelujah. And to, he was not only supposed to dress Eden but he was supposed to keep it. The word keep means to guard to protect ISV. Do you have ISV over there? You don't have ISB. What does ISB say? And the Lord God took man and placed him in the garden of Eden in order for him to work it and guard it. They were supposed to work it and guard. Ah. If there are no armed robbers, if there are no enemies, will you tell someone to guard something you have given to him? Will you do that? So... God told him to guard the garden because there were enemies who wanted to come into the garden. So the serpent was not supposed to even enter the first place in the first place. You understand? If if you've read your Bible very carefully, eh, in in Luke, Luke chapter four, the devil tempts Jesus with some temptations. One of the temptations was this: that the Bible says that he showed him the glory of the kingdoms of the earth and said that all these this glory will I give unto you if you bow down to me, because it was given to me. Have you read it before? This is what's given to me. Who gave it to who gave it to him? Who gave it to him? Adam gave everything to him. Okay? Now it wasn't only the kingdoms of the earth. The devil also had the keys of death and hell. 
Hmm? This is the one I just showed you. Luke 4, 5. And the devil taking him up into a high mountain, showed him unto, unto him all the kingdoms of the, of the world in a moment of time. Verse 6. And, and the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. And to whomsoever I will, I give. It's delivered unto me. Adam gave it to him. Now, it wasn't only the kingdoms of the earth that Adam gave to him. Adam gave him the key to the kingdoms of the earth. But he gave him another key, which is called the key of hell and death. That is found in Revelation chapter 1. Look at Revelation chapter 1, verse 16. And let's see. Is there somewhere? Look, it's just it's so clear. That was Jesus talking. The way Jesus spoke makes you know what he actually did when he beat the devil. Verse 18. Go to verse 18. This is Jesus talking. If you have a good Bible, it's in red. Okay? I am he that liveth. This is Jesus talking. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Meaning that he didn't have the keys of hell and death when he was walking around. Who had the keys of hell and death? The devil. Who gave it to him? Adam. Adam was given the keys of hell and death to open. You see, because when God was creating the heavens and the earth, when God separated the waters from the waters, okay, in, hey, you see, that's why I said I want to make it simple, but it's like I have to say so many things. Can I, can I continue? Is it too much for you? Is it too much for you? So I can continue. Okay, give me some two minutes. I'm sure I'll be done with that particular thing that I'm talking about, okay? In Genesis chapter 1, verse 9, we see that the earth that we are standing on was not, is not an earth that was created. God created that earth in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, the Bible says in the, beginning of, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then verse 2 says, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness upon the face of the deep. There were some individuals on the earth. Okay? And that earth was submerged into water, plunged into darkness and ice. Now, when God started, re- so what we, the creation story we see in Genesis chapter 1 is actually a recreation story or a refurbishment story. God was refurbishing the earth. Look at verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Go to verse 9. And God said, let the waters, so you remember there was water on the whole of the earth. Isn't it? Water was covering everywhere. The place was dark. So God started moving. And God said, let there be light. Light came. All that. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place. And let the dry land what? Let the dry land what? Appear. So the dry land appeared. And it was so. Verse 10. And God called the dry land what? Did he create the dry land again? The dry land that was covered with the water is the same dry land that he allowed to come up. Gather the water somewhere and call that dry land earth. And that's what we are standing on right now. History says, historians say, or theologians say, this is 6,000 years ago. It's been 6,000 years since Adam came. Now, when God was dividing the waters from the waters, okay, I think that is up, isn't it? I think verse 6 or so. Verse 6, right? Okay. And God said, let the firmament be in the midst of the waters. There was water on it. So he, just, he divided the water into two, but he put something, he used something called the firmament to divide the water. So when he put the firmament in the water and divided it, he took some of the water up. Eh? Let the firmament, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the water from the waters. So he took some of the waters up and left some of the waters here. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament and it was so. Continue. And God called the firmament heaven. The one that he took up, he called it heaven. He's not talking about the heaven of heavens. He's talking about the, he- the one that, where the clouds are. 
That is where rain and all those things come from. The rain is the sound of the water that was taken up. That is stored up in the clouds in a certain way. That are converted in a certain way and then comes down every now and then. Have you seen it? Yeah. Uh-huh. And called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day. Now, when God was dividing the waters from the waters, because of what was in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, the Bible says that, and the darkness was upon the face of the deep. And it says, and the earth was without, the word was as higher. It means it became. It was not the original state of the earth, but it became without form and void. I've had, I, have, I have several messages along this line that I think you, can, you should get and understand it even better. It's not a one day. I use about five days to preach it for you to understand with so many scriptures. Okay? It says, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The word waters here is from a Hebrew, the Hebrew word is, is abusus. Okay? I'm not lying. If you, have a, if you have a Bible that has a Greek and the Hebrew and all those things, you see it there. Is it true? Is it true what I'm saying? Those of you have those things. If you don't have it, you must get it too. It's called Esod or My Sword. It's on Play Store or Apple App Store, isn't it? You go, you download, you get it. You'll be able to know where, which, by which one is where all those things are. Is it true what I'm saying? Or it's not true? What does Abu Sos mean? What does it mean? It means bottomless. Unbounded. You remember at the devil will be put in a bottomless pit. He was there already. But when God was dividing the waters from the water, because you see, the guys were in the waters. The sea you are seeing there, the things that are in the sea, you'll be shocked at the things that are in the sea. And the Bible confirms it. You. You. They are wild things. Have you heard of people saying mommy water and all that? You think they are lying? You think they are lying? They are not lying. They are not joking. Play with it and you'll be surprised. They were doing sun winning at Kipko some time ago. They were taking sun from the seashore. The tractors were taking it. The fetish priest came and said, please stop what you are doing. The gods are not happy. Abbe gods. Which gods are you talking about? They were just taking the sun away. They left some of the tracks there and went away to go and sleep and come and consider the following morning. When they came, the track, was it? Was during the night, eh? During the day, they saw the track reversing. They spark it, push it. It's not going. It's just reversing like that. So someone was push, pulling the track into the sea. Pulled, 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 pulled. The track entered the sea and entered, 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 entered it and went away. Then the, the fetch priest came and said that. You see, I was telling you that the gods are not happy. You are not, you are, listen, they did, did, did some, whatever. And the track came back. <laughs> it's not only in Africa. It's everywhere, brother. It's not a small thing. There are, there are things in the sea. So the water that was left that he gathered and called the sea. And called the dry land to come out. That water that we call sea has things in it. Revelation chapter 21. Verse 1. You see it there. Revelation 21. 1. Oh, this is not part of my message. But as I'm preaching, it's like you need to hear it. So I'm, I'm, I have to tell you. Do you like what I'm saying? It's like, it's, like hey, it's, it's true. Look at this one. It says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were part of it. This is God's, this is God's new world. Okay? It says, For I saw, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. There was no more sea. So the sea we have here is actually for a certain purpose. God's new world, it doesn't need sea. So there's no sea. How did the sea, what, what was the purpose of the sea? Revelation chapter 20. Let's read from verse, verse 19. No, is that 19? 
12. Let's read from verse 12. Revelation 20, 12. And I saw the dead. If you miss these things, you will not understand some things in life. Do you know they are gods and they are lords and they are idols? Do you know they exist? They exist. Okay? But the existence does not make us afraid. We know they are there. They have their power. They do have their power. You'll be shocked. But there's a power that's greater than their power. And that's the power we have. That power is inside us. And that power comes out by you talking. This thing cannot have effect on me. You'll be shocked at what is happening. Hallelujah. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened. Which is the book of life. And the dead, this is, this is called the white throne judgment. Okay? This is a judgment, the last judgment of, the, of, of humanity. God used water to destroy the first world. Okay, in which Lucifer, who later became Satan, was. And he will use fire to destroy the world that we are seeing right now. You know that, isn't it? So, that, that judgment was, used, was water. This judgment will be with fire. Now, God puts the two together to form something called the lake of fire. To judge the two groups, once for the, for the last. So, the judgment that happened in the, old, in the old time was actually a temporary judgment. What will happen in our time will be a temporary judgment. The eternal judgment will be the lake of fire. Where Satan will be put, the beast will be put, all those things will be put in that particular lake of fire. Normally, a lake is made up of water, but this lake is made up of fire. Hallelujah. If you fall in the lake and you open your mouth, it's not water that enters. You open your eyes, it's not water that enters. The lake of fire, there will not be dancing inside. Some people say that the lake of fire will be very nice. Michael Jackson will be there, Bob Marley will be there. You have all kinds of things. You have Whitney Houston, Bibia. Brother, Castro will be there under fire. <laughs> when anybody says that, tell him that there's something wrong with your mind. It's a lake of fire. It's a lake. It's a dangerous thing. That's why we must preach the gospel to get people out of that place. You understand? Okay, so let's, let's go on. Go back, go back to verse 12. Let me finish it quickly. And I saw the dead small and great stand before God, and the books were opened. He said, I saw the dead small and great. So those who are dead, there are some who are small, there are some who are great. Stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Verse, verse 13. And the sea, this is very important, it says, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Semicolon. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. Ah. If someone dies and has not given his life to Christ, he goes to hell, right? If someone just died and is on his way to hell, he's still in death. Isn't it? If the person had not given his life to Christ and he died, he just died. He's on his way, he's in death, he's going to hell. So death also has some dead people in it. That he gives. So since the sea gave up the dead. Death and hell will also deliver up their dead, which are in them. Are you seeing it? If someone died in the sea and was not born again, will he remain in the sea? Where will he go to? Hell, isn't it? So he should be called, he should be in this place. He should be in hell. So hell, when hell delivers him that up, the sea should not deliver him up. Because even though he died in the sea, his final destination was not the sea. His final destination was hell. Meaning that there are some people in the sea. There are some beings in the sea. There are some things in the sea that will be delivered. They to, the sea will give them up. The sea is actually a storehouse. It's a prison for some beings. That is why it is salty. Have you asked yourself why it is salty? The sea is salty because salt is for preservation. 
they are being preserved for a certain day. Hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On that day, they will get, so when God finishes this particular judgment, the sea is not needed anymore. So in the new world, he says, I saw a new heaven and I saw a new earth and there was no more sea because there's no need to store anybody there anymore. I see it. They all end up in the lake of fire. Hallelujah. Yeah, so don't, don't, be, don't think that those things like Mami Wata, like, it's true, they are there. Adam had a right. Oh, some of, so some of the beings in the sea, it wasn't sea before, it was called the, the deep, the, the waters, Abusus. Uh, there are three categories of, there are three chambers in the land of the dead. There's, the land of the dead is called Hades. There's a place called Hell. There's a place called Tartarus. There's a place called Abusus. And there's a place called Abraham's bosom. But Abraham's bosom has been relocated to heaven. But before Abraham's bosom was there as well. But when Jesus came, he took them all out and sent them to heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tartarus is a place where wicked angels are kept. There are angels that are more wicked than the devil. Yeah. And they are kept. The Bible says they are kept in chains. Is it Second Peter chapter 2? Is there? It says the angels are reserved in chains for the time that is to come. Jude 1 6. There's one in Jude 1 6. Okay. Look for Jude 1 6. Let me show it to you. I, I think probably you think I'm lying. And the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation there. He has reserved in everlasting chains and the darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Have you seen it? This one is also there. But there's another one. This, this one is even the angels that came during Noah's time. These people are powerful. They also reserved in chains. But there's another, there's another group of angels. Very wild angels. This group of angels are different from that group of angels. Okay? Second Peter chapter 2 verse 4. Okay. Second Peter 2 4. Yeah. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. So there are people who are being reserved unto a certain judgment. There, there are chains for reservation. For the, there's, it's called counterback. You see, there's counterback and there's maximum prison. If you are put at count, if you are inside the prison in the police, the tech police station, it's nothing. When they, it's, you are there, to be judged. When they take you to the court and they judge you and everything, they say you are, you are guilty. Then they take you to Central or to Insawim, isn't it? Or to the North, something. So these angels are being reserved in a medium prison. Like hell is a medium prison. It's a, it's a, play, a place for reservation for a certain judgment. That judgment is the, the judgment of eternity. Do you understand? That's a white throne judgment. Hallelujah. Now, the word hell here is not the same word as hell in every other place in the Bible. The word, the word hell here is Tartaru. Am I telling the truth or I'm lying? It's true. Okay. You see, I know they say Tartaru. Mommy, is it true? Yeah, mommy says. It's true. Powerful. My mother says, it's true. It's powerful. But cast them down to hell. The hell there is Tartaru. And Tartaru is a place where angels, wicked angels, are kept in store for a certain judgment. That judgment is the judgment, the white throne judgment. When they will be put into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the place where the, the false prophets will be put, the beast will be put, and Satan himself will be put. Hallelujah. So the sea is also a reservation place. It's a, it's a place for reservation. A counterback waiting for the real thing. And Adam had the keys of hell. And had the keys of death. His job was to put those demons that escaped when God was dividing the waters. You remember the waters was for their storage. When God was dividing, some of them quickly just got out. Including Satan himself. Hallelujah. 
and they, they hang they, say, they hang in the, in the heavens. There are principalities and powers in the heavenly place. How did they get there? They got there when God was dividing the waters. And God gave Adam the keys to open hell and put them back one by one. That was what he was supposed to do. So Adam's job went beyond keeping the guy like planting tomatoes and all the, no, 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 no. It was more than that. Adam knew exactly what he was doing. He knew that when he gives the keys, when he eats the fruit, he's giving the key of hell and death. He's giving the key of the kingdoms of the world. He's giving the key of the key of the right to be before God, coming to God. Every, you know, Adam could go to God and come back to the earth. He, Adam was he was like a wild Superman. You know, Superman can go to Kryptonite, whatever, and come back. Is it true? Adam was a very wild guy. But because of God knows what. He just decided to partake of the fruit. And the partaking of the fruit made the principalities and the powers gain ascendancy one more, once again. They got the keys. They got, the, they got everything. And they've been ruling to date. But when Jesus came, he took the keys of hell and death from them. So Jesus has the keys of hell and death. That is why he decides who goes there who does not go there. And he has said that you, you are not going there. Because he went there for you. He has the keys. He decides who should go there. He says you are not going there. You've not read in your Bible that he says you are not going there. Oh. Give me scriptures. John chapter 3, verse 16, 17, 18. He says that you are not going there anymore. Hallelujah. Say, I'm a child of God. Say it once again, I'm a child of God. Yeah. Because you're a child of God, you are not. So, Jesus did a lot of things. A lot of things. Let me tell you one or two. You have another scripture for me. Romans 8. Romans 8, 18 and 19. Let's look at it. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Verse 20. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. This Adam. Go back. This is what Adam did. Hmm? Oh, hallelujah. These are tough. These are big, big, big scriptures. That needs to be explained gradually for you. Says for the creature, he says the whole of creation was made subject to. Let's let's read uh, amplified. For the creation, nature was subjected to frailty. Who subjected it? Adam subjected it to frailty. He says for the creation, nature was subjected to frailty, to futility, condemned to frustration, not because of some intentional fault on its part, on the creation's part, but by the will of Him who so subjected it. Yet with the hope, uh, Adam. Go to the next verse. Go to the next verse. That nature, creation itself, will be set free from its bondage to decay and corruption and gain an entrance into the glorious freedom of God's children. This, this is what Adam, when Adam was coming to partake of the fruit, eh, he saw all the problems that was going, were going to happen. Then he saw the fact that even if he eats it, Christ will come and die. So he had hope that when I partake of it, there's a hope that the guy will come and come and do something and bring creation back to where it is. God. Adam knew God. He knew all that he was doing. He didn't do it in ignorance. I've told, I've told you already. Isn't it? First Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, 14, 15, 16. It was already there. And he subjected it in hope. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The various 
powerful things that we can share, but it's not necessary for now. Hallelujah. So Adam was a corporate man. What he did affected everybody. He had power over. Listen, Adam was given authority over all. Go to Psalm, uh, Proverbs chapter 8. Hopefully. Psalm 8, rather. Go to Psalm 8. Let's read from verse 1 to verse 6. Adam had all things. You know, I've been talking about Adam, isn't it? How that he was a corporate man. As a corporate man, he had all things under him. All things were under him. Oh Lord, this, this psalm is actually a psalm concerning Adam. Oh Lord, our, oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies. Thou, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. Hmm. When I consider thy heavens, the work, of the, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained. Continue. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. You remember God was visiting him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. And hast crowned him with glory and honor. That's what he did for Adam. Look at the next thing. That thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. And hast put all things under his feet. Everything was under his feet. Satan, principalities, powers, everything was under his feet. Then he gave the power to them. And he came under their feet. When Christ came, Christ came to put all of them back under his feet. So if the day you gave your life to Christ, you were put, you were plunged into Christ. Because you are plunged into Christ now, now you are above all principalities, above all powers, because you are in someone called Christ. Christ is a corporate something. All We are put in him. Just like when Adam before, the day you become born again, God takes you out of Adam and puts you into someone called Christ. For if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. And all these new things are of God. So in Hebrews chapter 2, look at Hebrews chapter 2, it shows you Christ's dominion as well. Hebrews chapter 2, let's read from verse 5. For unto the angels has he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testifies, saying, What is man that thou, he's quoting that particular scripture again. What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visited him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crowned him with glory and honor, and this set him over the works of thine hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in, then he says, For in that he puts all things, he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now, he says, You see, this place there is different from this place. From between this full stop and this bat, it's all that Adam did by losing the power. When Adam lost the power, all of creation changed. Do you know lions were chewing grass before? Lions, leopards were all eating grass. They all eat grass eaters. When Adam partook of the fruit, the lion and the lamb were feeding together. They were all eating the grass. Then Adam partook of it. Then the lion just looked at the sheep. All of a sudden, the sheep looked like roasted chicken. And he pounced on him and started chewing him. Creation was subjected to vanity, to frailty, to chaos. Bacteria and all those things were not created to destroy you. If you noticed, some bacteria are actually good. There are bacteria in your mouth, actually, which is good for, if they are not there, your, the condition in your mouth will not work. You can't digest something. There are some bacteria in your stomach that are very good for your tummy. Is it true? Yeah. How come you can have a very wild bacteria attach itself to you and starts destroying you? But you are so wild, they adapt. 
all bacteria are so well, they adapt. You take a particular medicine after some time, when you take the medicine, it doesn't work anymore. They have just changed into wilder things, and they are eating your intestines. It's an amazing thing. They were not created for that. They were, before they were correct. But when Adam partook of it, everything changed. But in Christ, you can put those bacteria back to what they were supposed to be in. He says he left nothing. That is not put, that's not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. Look at the next thing. But we see Jesus. He says, before everything was under him. But now we don't see everything put under him. But now we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels of the, for the sufferings of death, crowned. So actually, he is now crowned. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Jesus is now crowned. He says, who is now crowned? That he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. He should taste death for every man. He has tasted death, so there's no need for you to die anymore. If you are SS, there's no need to die. They say SS will kill you. He says, if you are in him. If you are in, it says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right, the power, to become the sons of God. Then it says, children who are not born of blood. Who are not born of blood. Nor of the will of the flesh. Nor of, of whatever. But children who are born of God. If you are in Christ, you are now born of God. See, I'm born of God. I'm born of God. And because you are born of God, your blood, your life does not, is not sustained by your blood any longer. Oh, I started believing that thing a long time ago. My life is not sustained by my blood. Adam did not have blood. Adam did not have blood before. When he saw Eve, what did he say? He said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. He didn't say blood of my blood. There was no blood before. When Adam's sin, blood was produced. Hey, isn't it amazing, amazing thing? Yeah. And what was produced was the same thing that God was going to use to destroy what was produced. So God used the blood of Christ as blood. You see, God does not have blood. Until he becomes flesh, he cannot have blood. So he became flesh so that he can also have blood and use blood to purge the sins of man. You like my message? Tell me, new creature. See, I'm in Christ now. And there are things, you see, by virtue of you, when you were in Adam, there were some things you didn't have to fight for, to become. You were naturally a sinner. You were naturally a bad boy. You fornicate without thinking twice. Now you fornicate, you can't, you can't stand it. You, if you're a child of God now, you do something wrong. Have you seen how there's something called guilty, guilty conscience? That will be working in like, why did you do this? You still soup, meat from your mother's soup. <laughs> you can't bear it. Is it true? Or you don't have, you don't, do you, if you are a child of God and you don't have that, there's something wrong. If you're a child of God and you do something wrong, you realize that you are not feeling fine. You feel sick. You feel like there's something wrong with you. Is it true? Or it doesn't you there, it doesn't happen to you. Ask anybody you there, it doesn't happen to you. Eh? Does it happen to you? It does. Yeah. If it does, you're a child of God. Because you are not you and sin are not like that. So when, when sin comes into the picture, you become some way. But before you became born again, oh, I mean it's not it's not a problem. Sin is not a problem. You can do anything you want to do, isn't it? Romans 1.10. You, you can just do whatever you want to do and not think twice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But when you come into Christ, everything changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. The way you didn't have to fight to do wrong, that same way you don't have to fight to do right in Christ. Hallelujah. 
Bible says that as in Adam all die, so in Christ are all made alive. Now that you are born again, you are a child of God. You are made alive unto God. That is why it says, likewise, reckon ye also to be dead indeed unto sin and alive unto God. That's in Romans chapter 6. Look at Romans chapter 6 verse 11. Do you like my message? It says, likewise, ye also yourselves. It says, likewise, reckon ye yourselves, ye also yourselves to be dead indeed. To what? See, I'm dead. To sin. I'm alive to God. But alive unto God through Jesus our Lord. There are some statements in the Bible that shows you what has happened to you now that you're a child of God. In Christ, by Christ, by Jesus, in, 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 in him. All those things are realities that has actually happened to you because you are now in that corporate man called Christ. You have been taken out of that corporate man called Adam and have been put into the corporate man called Christ. It says he has translated us from darkness. Into the kingdom of the son of his love. That kingdom is his body. He has put us in his body. Are you seeing it? See, I'm in Christ. See, I'm in Christ. Yeah, Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. Colossians 3, 3. There's a lot. There's a lot. For you, this, for you are dead. And your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is alive, shall appear. Then shall we also appear. So my life is now in Christ. My life is now hidden in Christ. Now this is something God did. The Bible says that God was in Christ. Reconciling the world unto him. So God was working in Christ just so that he can take you out of Adam. That corporate man who destroyed all things. And gave all power to the devil. So that he can bring you to Christ for you to have all power over devils. So now that you are a child of God. There is no need to be afraid of the, of the devil. I'm not, see, I can insult Satan any, any day, anywhere. And I'm not afraid. He's a foolish guy. It's, it's true. Say something. Say he's a foolish guy. Don't be afraid. Someone say, it's a foolish, foolish, foolish. It's a foolish guy. He doesn't have any address. He's always walking to and fro. He doesn't have a home. Yeah, he has no place to, because he's supposed to be in hell, but he has left. Eh? He's supposed to, he's not supposed to be in the heavenly places. Yeah, he's always walking to and fro, not knowing where to go. Hallelujah. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, 20, 20. Let's read from verse 21. It's nice from verse 21. Hallelujah. Say, I'll never, I'll never be sick in my life. Listen, Christ tasted death for every man. Is it so that all those who through fear of death were subject to bondage will be free? Don't be afraid of death. You, see, I'm not dying now. If you were in Adam, you could have been afraid of death because those who are in Adam, anything. Some people, someone can say, "I'm going to, I'm going to Accra." The person dies on the road. Not you in Christ. If you are in Christ, when you say, "I'm going to Accra," that you go to Accra. You are, you will be there in Accra. The Bible says that He satisfies His beloved with long life. Why are you dying to? Ask anybody. Why are you dying to? Why are you going? Don't be afraid of death. Tell anybody, don't be afraid of death. Because you are in Christ now. See, I'm in Christ. Yeah. You don't have to struggle to do foolish things. You don't have to struggle to tell a lie. Lies flowed out of your mouth. When you say I love you, it's even a lie. Everything you say is a lie. Now that you are in Christ, truth emanates from your mouth. I speak the truth. I lie not. My conscience bear me witness in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. It says, in, for in him we live. And move and have our being. He's talking about. He says, "For in Christ we live, in Christ we move, in Christ we have our being. He is everything, and we are in Him." 
So Christ is a place. He's a land in which we find ourselves. God has planted us in that land. He's that land called Zion, actually. Let's go to verse 20. From verse 19. I mean, it's nicer from verse 19. Paul is praying that you may get to know the power of God that is at work in you. That same power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Then he says, and set him. Eh? And what is the exceeding witness? Blah, blah, blah. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. He says, when he raised him from the dead, he didn't just leave him there. He set him. He, he set him at his own right hand. He's not talking about the right hand side of God. He's talking, the right hand is the place of power. He's saying that God has given all power and authority to Christ. Okay? Since he sets him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And I'm in him. So my sitting, my location, my spiritual location is not earthly. My spiritual location is heavenly. I'm seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? There was a day Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. As he was talking to him, he said that no man has ever ascended up to heaven. John 3.13. Nobody has ever ascended up to heaven. This is the son of man. Who came down from heaven? Who also is in heaven? Jesus was sitting here on earth and was talking to Nicodemus and saying that he is in heaven. Nicodemus could not understand. How can you be seeing and say you are seeing in heaven? Because Jesus was talking about the fact that heaven is not only a location. Heaven is a state in which you live. It's a realm in which you live. Have you seen a madman before? How many of you have seen a madman? If you have seen a madman, give me a wave. A madman can eat things from the gutters. Have you seen a madman? You went to Australia and saw a madman in the queue. With you, he was next to you. He had running stomach. He had diabetes. And was with you. As you saw the doctor and you finished, you also rushed. Doctor, I've been having running stomach. Can you give me some drugs? Is there anything like that? Why doesn't this happen? They eat from gutter, so you eat from the plate and it falls down, you eat it, and something is wrong with you. They eat from gutters and nothing happens to them. I'm not saying go and eat in gutters. What I'm saying is that those guys are they human beings? Do they have bodies? Do they have brains? They do, they have all the things we have, but they are in a certain state of madness. And in that state, bacteria does not work, viruses do not work. Oh, it doesn't work. In the same way, there's a state called the state of heaven. In which you can be. And none of these things will work. Oh, I, I will never be sick in my life. Not when I'm in Christ. I'm in that corporate man called Christ. He says that he has, oh. He says by whose stripes? By his stripes. I said that they are by and him, in him. And by his stripes, we were healed. We dwell in health, in healing. Viruses cannot work in my life. I will never be HIV positive. I will never be hepatitis whatever positive. I will never have diabetes in my life. I will die a good old age when I'm satisfied. You see, these things that are in Christ are activated by something called faith. And faith demands something called expression, just like love. Faith is spirit, and it demands expression. You know, love is spirit. If you love your wife and you are not confessing your, wife, your, your, your love for her consistently, she will not know, even though you love her. Love, like any other thing, needs to be expressed. If it is not expressed, if it is not spoken about, it will not work. In the same way, faith must be expressed through your speech. That's why we speak the word of God. 
That's why I'm saying what I'm saying. The more I say, I'll never be sick in my life, the more it really becomes. You see, because you can be in Christ and not know. The tool of the devil is called ignorance. If you don't know what you have become, now that you're in Christ, it will not function in your life. What was in Adam will still want to rear its head in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I'm dwelling in heaven. Far above our principalities. And powers. God is in me. me. Before it was sin that was in you. Now God is in you. Before you became born again, it was sin. Sin was indwelling you and sin was showing you what to do. But now God is in you and God is now the one animating your body. Your body is not animated by blood. You are not alive because of your blood. A woman and a guy wanted to marry. They came to my father and the Lord, Reverend George. They were both A.S. They were both A.S. And you open the scriptures and show them the scriptures I just showed you. John chapter 1. John chapter, chapter what? Chapter 1 verse 12. Is it chapter 1 or chapter 2? John 1 verse 12. It says, but as many as received him. He gave them the right, the power to become the children of God. They say, children who are not born of blood. He told them, you are not born of blood now. Now your blood does not determine how your life will go. Don't worry about your AS. Go and go and check. It will change. They went to check. He spoke to them for eight minutes. They went to check and the AS had changed to all of them. A, 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 A. They are married happily today. What can be changed? People give birth without wombs. Did the doctor say you don't have a womb? Ah, you are in Christ. You don't need a womb to give birth. They said, the doctor said you can't, you can't give birth. You can't conceive. You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked. Ah, listen. Mary conceived without having to have a physical contact with a man. What is your problem? You like my message? Yeah. Are you plagued with sins? Like you can't stop sinning. God is in you. God is in me. God is not a sinner. The more you concentrate on the fact that God is in me, I've been made, because one of the things that happens to you in Christ is that you are made righteous. It's the truth. These are holy things that God did in Christ. These are God, this is God's work in Christ. How, who are you to say that God's work is not true? And that God's work is false? What are you talking about? These are holy, they are sacred things. These are the things that God did in Christ and has left for us and has put us in in Christ. They are sticking at us at out of Adam and place us in Christ. Now we are in Christ. One of the things that has happened to you now that you are in Christ is that you have been made righteous. You are no more a sinner. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Right here you are the righteous. You can do right. You can live right. You bring the goodness of God in every situation. That's when I meet you, your life will become different. If I, if I come into your life, I'm the, I don't have to force it. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When I come, I'll build your life. That's what Jesus was doing. Jesus, Jesus was the expression of the righteousness of God. So when he comes, the Bible says that how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing what? He was doing good. Doing good. Healing them that were depressed or oppressed or the devil. For God was with him. Same with you. The Son of Man was revealed to destroy the works of the devil. Same with you. Now, the devil is not the one chasing you. You are the one chasing the devil. Why? Because you are in Christ. Before you were in Adam, now you are in Christ. See, I'm in Christ. If any man be in Christ. He's a man that does not have a past. Don't let your past chase you. Say, I refuse to let my past chase me. I forget about my past. Because God doesn't remember your past. You are the one who remembers your past. You are the one who keeps reminding God of the porn you watched some five days ago. He doesn't remember. He, doesn't, he says, all things are passed away. All things are new. I'm now new. I'm a new creature. I'm found in Christ. 
So when you think about Adam and how he's a corporate man, think about Christ and how he's a corporate man and how you are in him. Hmm. You see, he says, male and female created them and called their name Adam. In the same way, we are in Christ. Therefore, we are called Christ. We bear his name. We bear his name. Some people call themselves Christ in the church. Copy Christ. This one Christ. This one. We are in him. See, I'm in him. I'm in him. See, I'm in him now. I know that I will never fail because I'm in him. I will never fail. I'm a success. Jesus never failed. Do you know Jesus never failed? Never. Not once. When the going was tough, he never failed. There was a day, he was in a meeting with some people. They needed bread, fishes, and all that. It was a need. He was going to be put to shame. What did he do? He took bread and thanked God and gave it. And the bread was multiplied. The fish was multiplied. And everybody ate to their full. I will never be disgraced in my life. Yeah, there was, there, was a, there was a testimony we saw recently. A woman who had, she had to do some materials for some people. The chemical she uses for it was finished. She just prayed a simple prayer and believed. You see, we access what is in Christ through faith. Faith must have expression. That's what we talk. She knelt down and prayed, God, I need miracle of what? Five loaves and fishes. Two fishes. Multiplication miracle. Let it happen. That same small container that contained the small chemical, which was not correct. They used to print more than they used to, the, the first batch was thousand, but after the thousand printing, they printed more, and the thing was not getting finished. Why? Because she's in Christ. She has she has access to such things. Are you in Christ? You also have access to such things. You have access to health. There's no need for you to be to, for you to be sick. There's no need for you to have weakness in your body. Down at the Bible says that. Moses at 80, when he thought his life was not going to be used for anything, God used him to rescue the Israelite from Egypt. At 120, at age 120, the Bible says that his eyes was not dim. Neither was he bent. He stood still, straight like a man, like a soldier. And his eyes were fine. Everything was fine. Moses could not die. He had to go into the mountain somewhere and go and die. God told him, go up and go and die. I refuse, to die. I refuse to die. Say it again. I refuse to die. I refuse to die. One of the things that happens to you when you come into Christ is that death is now yours. Death is yours. Where is it found? First Corinthians chapter what? Chapter three, verse twenty. Let's look at it. Verse twenty-one. Therefore, let no man glory in men. For all things, he says, don't let, don't let, don't glory in. Don't, I belong to this place. I belong to no. Since let no man glory, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. Say all things are mine. Are you in Christ? Remember, he says that for all things were created by him and for him. All things are for him. Now that you are in him, all things are also for you. Everything is mine. The house you are building over there is mine. If I have need of it, I'll get it. They have the, it's, not, it's, it's not mine literally. I don't have it as mine. But if I need it, I'll get it. What do you need? You will get it. Yeah. Yeah, when Jesus needed a place to have dinner, he didn't have the place before. But he said, "Go, go. You see a man carrying a pot. Go to go to the one who owns the place. Then tell him that I want to come and have dinner there." He took he took it and had his dinner. He didn't like, come out to say uh, 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 whatever a donkey to sit on. He said, "Go, go and untie there." 
the, 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 the donkey. When they ask you who is asking who told you to come and come for it, tell them the Lord, the Lord asked me, the master asked me to come for it. I'm the master of all things. See, I'm the master of all things. Listen, the earlier you believe these things, the better. This is what makes you know where I'm coming from. You know my you know where my, my family is. You know where I'm coming from. You have no idea. This is what helps me to be successful. If I'm successful, it's because of what I'm telling you now. I know where I'm located. I know I'm not linked to my natural family on earth. I'm linked to Christ. I'm linked to divinity. I'm connected to divinity. I'm found in divinity. I'm planted in divinity. That is where I live my life from. My life cannot go down. It keeps going up. My family has nothing on me. If I'm coming from a poor family, it makes no difference. My father who is in heaven is rich. And I'm in him. I have a father who is richer than all. So I'm rich. I'm rich. Says, let no man glory in men. For all things are yours. Whether it be life. Look at the next thing. Verse 22. Whether Paul or Apollos, even people are mine. When it is necessary for me to meet some people in my life, I'll meet them. Listen, I, I'm, not, I'm not interested in pleasing men. I'm not a man pleaser. When I need your help, you will come. At the right time, you will come. All things are mine. The president is mine. At the right time, if I need him, you will show up. All the rich people are mine. They are all mine. I don't, I don't talk bad about rich people because I, 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 they are mine. They are all mine. All things are mine. The lands are mine. Yeah. This land that we are sitting on, people fought us about with it. But it's ours. Who, who can do what is mine? All things are mine. There are lands in America that are mine. When I have when I get there and I need them, they'll just they'll just be converted to me. The riches and the abundance of the world will be converted to you. They'll all be converted. They just convert you, they'll be converted to you. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world, he says the world is yours. Are you in Christ? Are you in Christ? That the whole world is yours. America is yours. China is yours. Japan is yours. Kenya is yours. South Africa is yours. All things are yours. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.